Hey there, Traveler. I'm glad you could join in on tonight's campfire mystery. You must be pretty exhausted after a long day's trek. So please, come find a seat, warm up, and rest a bit. Even with winter coming to its end, the nights are still pretty cold. Good thing we can always count on a good fire to keep comforted by, though. You're more than welcome to any of the food or drink over there. Although, if you'd prefer something more to fight the cold off, I did manage to bring along everything you need to make a nice cup of hot chocolate. Personally, I highly recommend toasting your marshmallows over the fire before adding them to your hot chocolate. It's honestly pretty delicious. Being out here at night in the darkness, it takes away most of our visual senses. This, of course, in result makes it almost completely impossible to see if anyone or anything is in the darkness with us. In turn, it opens up the floodgate of our imagination, allowing it to run wild with all sorts of terrifying speculation. Usually, fortunately, we make it through these scary moments completely unscathed and left once again reassured that our imaginations can often be our worst enemy. But now, imagine if you're out camping in the woods alone, or with a few good friends. It's late at night, you've gotten into your tent, you're starting to fall asleep, while in the meantime just listening and taking in the beautiful sounds of nature. But then, suddenly, you begin to hear a variety of beyond strange sounds echoing out, trumping over all other deemed normal noises of nature. You can't quite put your finger on what it is making these sounds. You'll hear roars, grunts, and growls, so could they be animals, you wonder? Though, then again, you hear what sounds like could be a language being spoken. So, could they be human? What if it is something stranger than either? You don't know. All you know is that whatever this is, it's getting louder. Meaning that it's getting closer. So now, you're huddled up inside your tent, holding your breath, staying as quiet as you can, with nowhere to run, hoping that whatever is out there will leave you alone, or at the very least, leave you alive. What would you do in this situation? Are you sitting there in paralyzing fear? Are you at all intrigued? Perhaps a little bit of both? This would be the near exact kind of scenario that a group of hunters would go through while out camping back in 1971. It is a true story, the story that we will be covering tonight. And while there is still speculation surrounding whatever it was that they encountered out there, what does stand true, without a doubt, is that what they interacted with is 100% genuinely true. As to back up this story, they brought back with them tons of chilling audio recordings of their experiences with these creatures. This is the story of the Sierra Sounds.
Between the Central Valley of California and the Great Basin lies a vast chain of mountain ranges known as the High Sierra Mountains. It is within this very remote, hard to reach point in this region that a group of deer hunters would go on to set up their base camp. And when I say hard to reach, I really mean hard to reach. According to the hunters, reaching this base camp required hiking 8 miles of unmarked trail up into a mountain with an elevation gain of 4,000 feet. It was apparently so deep in the woods and was surrounded by such rough and ever-changing terrain that horses or mules would typically be used to aid in carrying supplies. And while it was a tough journey to reach, the camp itself wasn't much to look at. Just a little fire pit and some fallen or chopped down trees to set up a makeshift shelter. However, the location of the camp is said to have been amazing. It overlooked a nearby valley with lush forestry and a local stream for fresh water. And then of course the main draw of the region for these men, bountiful amounts of deer for hunting. Though while there was a lot of great plus sides to this base camp's location, one persistent issue was the heavy bear population in the region. Due to this, the hunters would always keep their guns on them and always stayed attentive to their surroundings in the case that a bear could be heard approaching. Should it be that a bear was heard approaching, the group would swiftly go into their makeshift shelter and secure themselves inside until the coast was clear. The four men were relaxing around the campfire after having returned from a largely successful day of hunting. You know, just spending the typical evening together while out camping. Talking about the day's hunting experience, enjoying some food, and just keeping warm. Suddenly, out in the distance, they heard what could only be described as an animalistic growl or, or grunt. Assuming this is just to be another case of a bear getting too close, the group quieted down and started to listen attentively, trying to determine whether this bear was going to be getting any closer or not. Because again, if it was, it would mean them having to get into that shelter. However, as they were listening, they began to pick up on the fact that some of these noises weren't just grunts and growls. In fact, some of these noises were nothing they'd ever heard while out in these woods before, let alone noises that they'd known or expected to come from a bear. The best description that could be given to these sounds is that they were almost like a sort of whooping sound. You know, similar to how a primate howls or an owl hoots. But Rather than it being consistent whoops, similar to how monkeys or owls would act, these would just be one single, loud whoop, followed by some silence, maybe an additional grunt here or there, and then again, another loud whoop would echo out from the forest. While they had no idea what these sounds were, by this point, it was getting clear that it was getting closer. And so these men, getting a little unnerved at this point, gathered the things and quickly secured themselves inside their makeshift hut. And so now you got these four men, all huddled together in their little shelter, quietly talking amongst each other, trying to pinpoint what kind of animal could be doing all this. All the while, at the same time, the whooping and grunting has now not only gotten within yards of the camp's barriers, but the noises are also now coming from two different sides of the camp as well. 
Meaning that it was all but confirmed that these men were dealing with more than just one of whatever these creatures were. On top of that, it almost seemed like these creatures were communicating with one another. As in, you'd hear these noises coming from one side, followed by a short bit of silence, and then the noises would then echo out from the other side. And if this all wasn't terrifying enough, at a certain point within this encounter, the men began to hear these really heavy footsteps running, thudding out from the woods, and quickly approaching their tent. But rather than fully approach the shelter, these footsteps would audibly stop just outside and along the barrier's perimeter. In trying to get a good look at what it was out there, the men would peek out from small holes of the shelter's walls that faced out in the direction they heard the footsteps. However, with it being so dark, they couldn't really see anything that wasn't within the fading campfire's light. Moments of silence passed, and then it was followed by more heavy footsteps, fast approaching from the other side of the camp, only to also stop just outside its perimeter. It was almost like whatever was out there knew the men couldn't see them, like this was some sort of intimidation stunt or something. And then, once again, as if this strange encounter couldn't have gotten any more chilling, it does. With the creatures now just outside the camp's perimeter, they began to circle around, still staying in the darkness, and that is when they started to speak to one another. And I don't mean speaking through grunts and whoops towards each other, no. I mean speaking, as in some sort of language. Not exactly English or any other known language, but it was definitely clusters of words that sounded or even imitated the human language. Terrified beyond words at this point, the men are now all sitting as far into the center of the shelter as they can, so as to get as far away from the walls as they can. Their backs are turned to each other so as each one can keep an eye on one angle of the shelter's walls. Because again, these creatures are circling the camp. Plus, it's still unknown what their intentions might be. As far as the men know, at any moment, they could charge at one of these walls. The creatures don't do this though. Instead, they just remain out of view as they continue to walk around, occasionally letting out another whoop or talking to each other in their strange language. This would go on for hours until eventually the creatures let out a few final whoops and then ran back off into the woods. Even though they had left, the men stayed right where they were for the remainder of the night. And as soon as first light broke the next day, they immediately packed up their camp and left as fast as they possibly could. By the time the sun had finally come up, the men were well on their way hiking back to the cars with the campsite far behind them. They barely said anything to each other, especially about that encounter they had the previous night, because these men were shaken and disturbed from it all. Their mindset at the time was, let's not speak of it now, let's just safely get out of this mountain and process it all later. Though, even after having made it home, it would seem they still found it hard to discuss, and it seemed that pretty much the majority of them would have rather just moved on from it all. That is to say, 
the majority excluding one member of the hunting group, that being Ron Moret. You see, Ron over time was becoming obsessed with their encounter and the bizarre sounds that they had heard that night. Eventually, after contemplating it for a while, he needed answers. Or at the very least, needed to confirm that what they experienced was real. He had become determined to go back to that campsite and make an attempt at documenting these creatures to bring back some sort of evidence. And so, after some pushing, Ron succeeded in convincing the other three in this hunting group to join him. And not long after that, the group would go on to pack their typical supplies that they'd have brought on a hunting trip regardless, as well as an audio recorder that Ron had purchased. They then made their way back up to the mountain, and upon reaching the campsite, the group immediately got to work. They searched the area for footprints, kept a listening ear out for any of the potential familiar grunts or whoops, and soon after that the sun set, they started a fire, it was now nighttime, and stayed attentive in the case these creatures would visit them at night once again. However, while the group is hoping to capture some sort of evidence of these creatures, there is a bit of anxiety and fear spread across the four of them as well. Because, I mean, all of this would ultimately mean that they're going to have to have another encounter with the creatures. But after a few days of not witnessing or experiencing anything out of the ordinary, aside from possibly a few prints in the ground resembling that of a human's bare foot, the group accepted that this trip was unsuccessful, packed up, and they would make their way out of the mountain once more. Despite this first failure, the group remained unshaken with their determination and began plans for another trip back up to the mountain at a later date. Fast forward some time and a few months later, the group makes their way back up to the campsite. It's winter now, the weather is pretty frigid and cold up there, so on that first night returning, the group makes a massive fire to keep warm by. A few hours slip by until at one point, Ron would state that he could hear footsteps coming out from deep off into the woods. But these footsteps weren't just walking. They were running. Immediately, the men run into their makeshift shelter and secure themselves within. Ron grabs his audio recorder, turns it on, and begins to record everything that started to transpire. And although these men once again could not see whatever these creatures out there were, they most definitely could hear them once more, as echoing out from the darkness came the familiar grunts, growls, and whoops. Almost as if, again, they were trying to intimidate or scare them off. From there, the encounter only further progressed into a familiar territory with the creatures. They once more ran up and circled the camp's perimeters. They once more communicated through their strange language, and eventually, once more, they would simply drift back into the forest and they wouldn't be heard from again for the remainder of the night. That following day, the men came out of their shelter, they combed the campsite for any possible physical evidence of the creatures having been there, but outside from some potentially abnormally large footsteps left in the snow, there just wasn't much to go on in terms of visual evidence. 
In regards to audio evidence, though, the group had successfully managed to capture an abundance of truly unsettling recordings. And so, with all that established, and if you're ready for it, how about I play some of that audio so we can give a little listen to what it was that they heard out there. We're in for a night, Bill. What do you think after hearing all that? Do you find it pretty chilling? Are you skeptical? I mean, there's definitely a lot to unpack with this audio regarding its authenticity. Fortunately, over the years, many experts have chimed in with their opinions on this whole ordeal. For starters, one Navy officer who specialized in the deciphering of secret codes and hidden languages went on to study the audio and would conclude that while we may not fully understand what was being spoken between these unknown creatures, there was sufficient evidence to suggest that there were syntax and vocabulary in the vocalizations, leading to the conclusion that there was indeed some sort of communication going on between the creatures. And, I mean, sure, animals communicate with each other all the time. It's nothing out of the ordinary. But when listening to the audio, you can make out multiple different tones and some pretty clear punctuations at times. So it's hard to simply wave this off as a run-of-the-mill animal encounter. As for the possible dialect itself being spoken by these unknown creatures, some theorize that it could be a combination of known languages being used simultaneously. People have even claimed that they've detected sounds similar to that of an ancient form of Chinese, suggesting that some of what's being spoken could be a mimicry of a variety of different human languages going on as far back as ancient times. Therefore, these unknown creatures may potentially have been around for a very, very long time. As with most mysteries of this caliber though, there are of course the equally important skeptics to keep theories relatively grounded and in check. Such as one skeptic who explains that the vocalizations that we hear are nothing more than an immature concept of how a proto-language might sound if it evolved from non-human primates. This quote, Bigfoot, they would explain, is likely human, and the Sierra sounds are just a combination of hoax and misidentification, like all other evidence of Bigfoot. 
So yeah, when it comes to like the whole communication and dialect that you hear in the audio, there is heavy debate about what it could be. What doesn't seem to be debated though, is the authenticity of the audio recording itself. You see, upon returning home with this audio, Ron would go on to send it to the University of Wyoming for a professor of electrical engineering to analyze. And after a full year of evaluations, it was concluded that the recording was genuinely unedited and unaltered in any way. Meaning that in no way did these guys take the recording home and modify the audio after it was recorded. Everything that you hear on the tape happened in real time as these men were recording it up in the Sierra Mountains. This is important to keep in mind because the professor would also go on to conclude that many of the noises, most specifically those whooping noises that those unknown creatures were making, could not possibly have been created by a human. We, simply put, do not have the physical traits to be able to pull it off. The professor would explain that in order for these creatures to have been able to create some of those sounds, they'd have to be somewhere between 7 to 8 feet tall as otherwise it would be impossible to naturally create the average pitch and track lengths derived from those whoops recorded. In addition to this conclusion, a cryptolinguist who had also examined the audio pointed out that while these unknown creatures were out there making all their whooping and speaking in their strange language, Ron and his buddies would simultaneously be whispering and talking amongst each other about what was going on. This linguist would explain that in the year the audio was recorded, that being 1971, it would have been close to impossible to have dubbed the sound of their voices over the sound of those creatures. Meaning, all that complex audio you hear in the recording is either one of the most technologically complicated hoaxes to have been pulled off in 1971's terms, or it's evidence of a genuinely bizarre encounter with creatures of the unknown. So, even if those whooping sounds were synthetically made, they wouldn't have been able to go into an editing room and insert their own dialogue in afterwards. Everything you hear in this recording is all happening at the same time out there in the mountains. And so, despite many attempts to aim to debunk this recording, it still stands as an authentic, unedited piece of audio. However, the answer to what exactly it was they encountered and recorded out there still remains a mystery even to this day. Shortly after those recordings were made, Ron stopped hunting at that location. However, over the years, he claimed to have gone back to the site several times with the hopes of finding more answers, but those efforts were unfortunately fruitless. And actually, sadly, the pristine wilderness that their hunting camp was located within burned to the ground in 2018 from the raging California wildfire going on at the time, leaving behind only the memory and the mystery of the haunting experiences those hunters endured. But you may be wondering at this point, what do I think it was that Ron and his friends encountered out there in the woods? Well, personally, I don't know. I mean, it's commonly assumed to have been a run-in with some Sasquatches, but to me that seems almost a little too straightforward of a conclusion just to go with. To me, it seems like the term Sasquatch or Bigfoot encounter is often overly used to categorize unknown interactions while out in the wilds of North America, making it all the easier to pass off as supernatural fiction and to ignore the sobering question of 
What if there are things out there in the woods, in the world, that we have yet to properly discover or interact with? What if we're often quick to categorize something like the Sierra Seance under Bigfoot because for it to be anything else would be too frightening and too difficult to properly rationalize? But I mean, that's just my thoughts on all this. What do you think? Would you consider it a hoax? Should it be considered some of the best audio proof of Bigfoot's existence? Or is it something else entirely? Do you think there's anything of value to be taken from all this? I would definitely like to hear your take about it all. And with that, Traveler, I think that concludes tonight's mystery. Thank you for joining me around the campfire as I dove into the Seer Sounds. I hope you'll join me again in the future as I cover more true, dark, and mysterious tales. But until then, I wish you nothing but safe and happy travels. And remember, don't feed your local cryptid, lest you wish for the cryptid to feed on you. Good night. Campfire Mysteries was presented to you by Michael Gill. Official Campfire Mysteries artwork was done by Cam Dixon. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Campfire Mysteries Pod. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash campfiremysteries. Thank you.